Donald Trump got some fairly bad news in the documents case that's taking place down in Florida this week when it was revealed that one of his former staffers, she may still be a current staffer, I don't know, that's a little unclear, but anyway, a woman by the name of Molly Michael. Now, Molly Michael told investigators a while ago that after after she was contacted by investigators at the FBI, Donald Trump told her, quote, you don't know anything about the boxes. You don't know anything about the boxes. Ms. Michael told federal investigators. Now this one sentence is so exceptionally damning against Donald Trump because it proves intent. The intent of course was to mislead investigators, to lie to investigators, to keep the documents hidden, to not comply with subpoenas. That statement could be considered a smoking gun. And of course this case at this point has multiple different smoking guns. We've got so many, we could start a shooting range at this point. But that statement is 100% being used to prosecute Donald Trump, and it's going to come back to bite him in the trial. And by the way, that's not my take on it. No, that's actually what a legal expert told CNN this week. We had Chris Timmons, who is a trial attorney and former prosecutor in Georgia, who had this to say about that very simple statement. She's the key witness. She doesn't have a prior inconsistent statement where she said something happened that didn't. So she makes a much stronger witness. And on top of that, you know, she's got just damning information. I mean, this is a smoking gun. And so I think what we're going to see here is when this case goes to trial, if it goes to trial, her testimony, particularly her direct and more importantly, her cross-examination is going to be the key to whether the former president is convicted. Okay. And that's, that's coming from a former prosecutor. He's saying this statement is is so bad. And of course the other evidence (laughs) that Michael turned over to the investigators, uh, which includes the documents that Donald Trump would write his to-do lists on sometimes for her, she gave those to prosecutors, but this witness, Molly Michael is so important to the prosecution that this former prosecutor is out there like this is if, if he gets convicted, it's going to be because of what she says. Now that's huge. And as I always say, cause I don't want to get anybody's hopes up because we have seen Donald Trump wriggle out of more trouble than any of us could ever get into in our lifetimes. If this case wasn't being handled by a Trump appointed judge who has clearly shown him favor, if it wasn't being held in a Trump loving district in Florida, we could go ahead and conclude at this point that, yeah, there's no way he's getting out of this, but there are far too many factors at this point working against the prosecution with the jurisdiction, with the judge, that it's going to still be very difficult to secure a conviction in this case. Even with all of this evidence, even with all of these statements from the witnesses, including one of Trump's own lawyers, Evan Corcoran, his handwritten notes played a huge role in the charging of Donald Trump. So we've got all this witness, as I said, so many smoking guns, it looks like a shooting range at this point, but none of this is a guarantee. And that is what everybody needs to take with them moving forward on really all of these Trump cases. Don't get your hopes up too high. Okay. It's okay to have hope, but if you're betting the farm on this, I wouldn't do that. 
Because again, we've seen this man get out of more trouble than all of us combined will ever be in. And that is the scariest part. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Let's just hope the justice eventually in one of these cases finally catches up to him. We are witnessing a week long Republican meltdown in the United States Senate, all because Senate majority leader Chuck Schumer decided to relax the dress code. You would think based on the reaction from Republicans that Chuck Schumer had basically disbanded the Senate and said, we're done with democracy in America. We're now a dictatorship. That is effectively how Republicans are responding to this very simple rules change that by the way, is archaic and stupid to begin with. So what happened obviously is that yes, Chuck Schumer has relaxed the dress code and everybody's blaming John Fetterman. He likes to wear hoodies and basketball shorts and that's the worst thing in the world. I I can think of a video that emerged recently of a Republican member of Congress. That's actually worse than John Fetterman wearing a hoodie, but you know, who am I, right? Here's the thing. And this is where things are starting to get a little gross. We've got Republicans overreacting, of course, to this new rules change to the point where Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine actually threatened to wear a bikini. The 70 year old Susan Collins threatened to wear a bikini to the Senate floor. And luckily for the sake of everybody with eyeballs here in the United States, Collins, as per usual, did not follow through on her, her statement. You know, that's kind of her calling card is saying these things like, Oh, I don't like this person that we've nominated for the Supreme court, but I'm going to vote for him anyway. Oh, I'm troubled by this piece of legislation, but I'll vote for it anyway. Oh, I'm going to wear a bikini to the Senate floor. And then thank God she didn't do that. And she's not the only one, of course, having a freak out, but she is the only one who threatened to wear a bikini. Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville did not threaten to wear a bikini again, thank God, but he did threaten to wear his coaching attire to the floor of the Senate because that's all that old man has left. But he did add quote, um, it bothers me big time. You got people walking around in shorts that don't fly with me. That don't fly with me cool. I like how you're trying to use like younger lingo, except you pick like younger lingo from, you know, 30 years ago. So still a little out of date, but Hey, you're trying, right? Then you of course had Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski from, (laughs) from Alaska who said this, I mean, it's a respect thing. It's like going to church in your jeans or going to a funeral in jeans. I'm not so hung up on things to think that every single day a man needs to wear a necktie going to church in jeans. Uh, Lisa, I'm assuming you haven't been to church in quite a while. I mean, not that I'm going either, but, uh, you you can drive past. I mean, we got churches on every street corner in the South down here. So, you know, I'm driving around on Sundays. You see people coming out of church and guess what? They're all wearing jeans pretty much even in the summer. So I don't know what you're talking about. It's a respect thing. No. How about you idiot Republicans respect our country by getting onto your party about one, how they behave in theaters two, 
screaming profanities at each other on the house floor and three driving us straight towards a government shutdown. Folks, there's a lot of problems in this country today. Far too many for me to even sit here and try to list them all. But let me assure you what our members of Congress are wearing on the floor or in the chambers or in the hallway is not on that list. We have a government shutdown that is literally days away at this point. Republicans in the house can't get their crap together. They can't even agree to vote on a resolution to get their crap together. So we're going to lose millions of dollars. We're going to have thousands of workers furloughed, unsure how they're going to feed their families. We've got looming problems that are a week and a half away and Republicans are having a damn meltdown about what they're going to wear to the Senate floor. And honest to God, like that's just kind of highlighting the problem. You shouldn't have to worry about what you're going to wear. You shouldn't have to spend an hour or two each morning on your hair and your, your makeup and picking out your, you know, suit, which, oh, the, the, the tie doesn't go with the, this jacket. No, I got to iron. No. How about you only focus on what matters? I don't care what y'all look like. I don't care if you show up there wearing a clown wig. Most of you are so clownish anyway, we wouldn't even notice. But how about you start addressing the real problems? And once we solve every one of those, then we'll have the debate on what you should wear to the Senate. Ukrainian President, v uh, uh, fuck, I don't know how to say his first name, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, three, two, one. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky actually appeared on CNN this week where he implored Donald Trump to please, for the love of God, release this awesome plan that you keep bragging about where you say that you could solve the Russia-Ukraine conflict in less than 24 hours. Zelensky said, quote, he can publicly share his idea now, not waste time, not lose people. So the former president of the United States, who is currently the huge front runner in the Republican race right now, the primary is getting called out by a foreign leader because he swears he has a plan to end this in 24 hours. But we, the public don't get to know that Ukraine doesn't get to know it. Russia doesn't get to know it unless Donald Trump becomes president. He can end the bloodshed by tomorrow, but he's not going to do it because he has to be president and he's not going to tell us how. And that's what Zelensky is calling out. And Zelensky is right to call that out. And I'm kind of shocked that reporters who Trump has said this to have not called him out for it. But I think the reason obviously that Donald Trump has not been called out by the press here in the United States is because we all know what his plan is to end this. It is to give every single part of Ukraine that Russia wants to Vladimir Putin. Okay. You want these two regions? Boom, done. You know what? I'm going to throw in a third region just because I can. That's what Donald Trump would do. That is his plan to surrender the Ukraine, a sovereign nation to a bloodthirsty dictator that's ruling Russia with an iron fist. And if you don't believe me that Vladimir Putin is ruling Russia with an iron fist, how about you go over to Russia, say something bad about him and see how quickly we read in the news that you have suddenly fallen out of a window. Go ahead and try that and see how that works out for you. But here's the deal. Zelensky is not only pointing out that Trump's plan, and he does mention that Trump's plan is, you know, basically give up Ukraine to Putin, which no, that's, that's not a plan at all. That is a surrender 
for a dictator who invaded a sovereign country. Russia is the aggressor. Russia brought this on themselves. But Zelensky is also, whether he meant to or not, pointing out the fact that Donald Trump doesn't have a foreign policy. Donald Trump's only foreign policy is to appease dictators. That's why he met with Putin. That's why he went and met with Kim Jong-un and talked about the beautiful real estate in North Korea. He loves people that have absolute power because that is what he wants here in the United States for himself. That's why he gravitated to Putin. That's why he gravitated to Kim in North Korea. That's why he loves Saudi Arabia, right? They rule with an iron fist, but for some reason, because they buy a lot of weapons and they give us some oil every now and then, we can't break off that relationship, even though they're one of the biggest human rights abusers in the, on the planet. But I like that Zelensky is doing this. I like that Trump is being called out because the public, you know, <laughs> Trump this week, by the way, a 47 point gap between him and his nearest Republican opponent. So he's got the Republican nomination on lockdown and Zelensky's comments here remind us that this guy has no foreign policy. His foreign policy during his time in the white house was horrific. He cozied up to dictators and he alienated our friends in NATO. He alienated our other allies over in Europe. He doesn't like people from democracies. He doesn't like people that don't have absolute power over their country. This is not the kind of man we ever want back into the White House. I mean, forget how horrific his domestic policy is because that's a mess too. But his foreign policy not only put the United States in jeopardy, but it put all of our allies in jeopardy as well. And that's what we could be facing if that man ever gets back into the White House. And that, I think, is probably the biggest point that Zelensky was making. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.